You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Safe Senior Hour. Uh, Joe Gavallis, uh back behind the microphone, and um, hope everybody's doing well. We've had a, uh, a kind of a rainy weekend here in Atlanta, and uh, weather's about to turn cold, but I feel sorry for our our listeners up in um, in the Midwest and Northeast that got hit with a blizzard. So I hope you're all safe and sound. Um, as you know, the uh, Safe Senior Hour is is dedicated to looking into uh, uh, issues dealing with seniors who are abused or fina- financially exploited, and how we can help them, educate them, and uh, uh, work with them to prevent from being scammed. Um, as always, I always have to say I'm not an attorney, that uh, you need to get your own attorney or talk to professional uh, uh, people in the elder abuse field that, uh, that, that try to prevent elder abuse or talk to your legal aid society or in your, in your countries just deal with your lawyers that, uh, that, um, because all law, laws are different in states, cities, countries. Um, so with that, um, today we're going to have, just summarize what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the scam of the week, and we were trying to go into the grand, uh, grandparent scam last time. We really didn't get into it. And then hopefully around 1030 we'll have a, uh, a representative from the um, uh, director of the Area Agency on Aging in northwest Georgia to discuss how we get information out to various seniors uh, concerning uh, the uh, latest scams that are going on against them. Um, and she'll be on at 1030, hopefully. The, uh, as we talk, uh, we've, we have an a email here that you can send here for questions or comments. It's called, it's safe, S-A-F-E, at americasradio.com. And that'll get to us. So if you have any comments, Suggestions for topics or uh, uh, items you want us to cover, we'll be glad to do it. Uh, I was talking to some people uh, last week, and we think this is, if not the only one, one of the few uh, weekly radio stations, uh, radio programs that are uh, address uh, elder abuse scams uh, and exploitation uh, and how the elderly who are abused and again, we use the term abuse uh, in our circles, meaning uh, physical, financial, and institutional abuse. And why we kind of hone in on financial, because financial abuse is by far the biggest to uh, to seniors. And of course, the issue on seniors varies from state to state, country to country, I'm sure. Some some laws apply to a senior when you're, you're 55. Some apply at 60 or 65. So uh, the laws here in Georgia uh, are uh, roughly uh, apply to people in their 60s, but it also applies to anybody over the age of 18 that has a disability. Uh, and we do see that whole spectrum from people in their 20s to people, you know, well in their 80s and 90s who have been uh, taken advantage of. Again, before we go into the scams, the, the big issue, and, and I just spoke to uh, to 60 people the other day, 60 seniors the other day, 
and the question obviously is why me and and the seniors look at this and they and and they try to say how how come I'm the one that's getting scammed well i think if we look at at our generation people in their you know say 55 and older that we're, we're especially the people in their 60s and 70s we're a very trusting uh, generation we've trusted people we were taught to do that and we were able to save some money. Now, we, some people saved a lot. Some people saved a little. I've run into people who saved cash and they have it in a, in a drawer hidden in their, or in a box hidden in their back room. But they're able to save a little bit of money. And which is very important, we love our families. Not that other people don't, but, uh, or other age groups, but we particularly love our families, we love our kids. Now remember when you're, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old, your kids aren't what people think of kids. They're a, uh, you know, they're in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. But the seniors, you know, really, really love their grandkids. And I know I'm speaking to a lot of you out there that you'll do, uh, you'll do anything you, you can to help your grandkids or nieces and nephews. And um, I've had several of these meetings where I speak to seniors, they'll come up and say, well, we can raise them better than my daughter or son can raise them, which I always think is funny. But so when you combine trusting people with a little bit of money who, who love their families and love their kids and love all their relatives, you can see why the professional fraudsters uh, um, will will just uh, take these factors and will try to uh, just target people of that age group. And as I talk about this, I always got to remind people, the biggest financial abusers of seniors are, are, are relatives or loved ones. So we're now talking about a smaller part, maybe 30 or 40 percent. It varies on what statistics you look at that um, that are professionals that, that prey on the, on the elderly. Um, one of the, and using all those three factors, one of the biggest scams that's going on now um, is the uh, a scam commonly known as uh, the grandparent scam. And I say that because it can have many different uh, aspects to it, but we're seeing a big increase of that right now in Georgia, but it's, it's going all over the country. Uh, the government has released some information, uh, the federal government, about a growing, uh, about these growing scams, and it these scams trick people into mailing cash to people pretending to be their grandchildren. Um, the federal government reports that these victims reportedly lose an average of nine thousand dollars. And I don't know about you, but if I lost nine thousand dollars, I'd be upset. I don't have nine thousand to give away, but. I'm sure people to help their their loved ones or grandkids would would be willing to give up the nine thousand uh, dollars. The Federal Trade Commission, uh, I was reading an article, estimates that Americans lost up to forty one million in scams uh, in 2018, and that's doubled from the previous year. So, you know, there's there is a growing industry out there uh, of scamsters that that are trying to to prey on the uh, on the seniors. Uh, I look at the look at some of the the scams with the seniors here, and 
I was just looking at an article where uh, a gentleman who had retired from the uh, from from the government, uh, retired military, uh, got a call from somebody pretending to be a public defender in Texas, and told him that uh, uh, they had put your grandson in jail after a wreck, and he has a DUI offense. Um, but they could bail out his son if he got sent $8,500 in cash via FedEx. Oh, um, you know, what do you do? You're a senior. You're there. Uh, usually the, the comment goes, uh, we've been requested to call you uh, by your grandson or granddaughter, that they didn't want their parents to know about it. And the important thing is that they know you will help grandma, grandpa, papa, whatever the name that, uh, that they use. Um, and and there's always a request, there's no need to tell anybody you're doing this because uh, I don't want it to be known that I've been stopped. In this case, it was in Texas. But these calls can come from uh, 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 other parts of the country, and a lot of times it comes from uh, overseas. Uh, commonplace is Mexico that I've been, the conversation goes something like um, your grandson or granddaughter traveled to Mexico uh, on their trip with their stu- with their friends and didn't want their mother to know about it and now they're caught and um, we, you need he needs money to get out of jail and get back to the United States or he got caught at one of these uh, uh, like beach weekend type events, uh, especially as the college um, uh, breaks come. Uh, this type of uh, this type of scam is very convincing, and people buy into it all the time. In this case, this gentleman uh, did go to the bank and did uh, get the $8,500 in cash. And I know that kind of sounds ridiculous, um, but apparently uh, he had done this once before. And I, th- I think as you, we're going to be going to a break in a little bit here, that um, we'll we'll cover how the professionals kind of look look at dealing with with victims or potential victims. But you know they are they went to him once before, or he got caught up in the scam. They went to him again. So he went to the bank and 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 wrote a check and got back eighty five hundred dollars in cash and hundreds. Then went to a. Uh, a mail location and overnight of the money to to the address they gave him in Texas. Um, when they interviewed the gentleman um, who, who was sending the money, he said they knew everything about my grandson. They knew everything about me. Now, how do they do that? Well, I don't know. If you people go out and play on Google and look at different things, your name is is throughout all sorts of, of, of documents, uh, and the scamsters know this. And all they need is a little bit of information. And I know at the meeting the other day when I spoke to, to these seniors in almost every meeting, the question is, how do they know about me? How do they know it's me, and why not the next-door neighbor? Uh, and I said, well, have you ever gone into a shopping center and, and uh, signed up for a chance to win a free vacation, or have you ever gone into uh, uh, some business and they say, just sign here, give us your name, address, and email, and we'll put you in for a discount? Where do you think those names go? So 
those names go into a they go into a location and somebody sells them. They're on the market and black market and and when you see this, uh, uh, the names are sold uh, openly, uh, the the information sold openly, and uh, last week and I'll go over it again. They've that it has put out how much your name, your ID, and vast amounts of names and IDs are worth. Again, these are professionals that do this, and you all need to be very concerned about giving out your name number, especially, uh, obviously, never give out your Social Security number. But and these people are good, and they have ways to get on the databases and try to look, to look at... Uh, at what you're doing, uh, I mean, information about you, what you're doing. Are you retired? Do you have a business? Do you have grandkids? And just stop and think, all you people that post on Facebook that you're traveling, your grandkids are traveling, or pictures of your kids being somewhere, or you're somewhere. You're just you're just talking to the uh, to the. When you go on Facebook, you can just figure you're talking to uh, to. Uh, the front page of a newspaper because uh, people have access to it and they look at it. Uh, I don't use Facebook, but people tell me you can go into a private mode. I'm not sure on it, but I think Facebook's looking at a way to to help give you more security. But you just look at things like that. You look at Twitters, Twitter pages, and that's how people know what you're doing and how you, and how you do it. Uh, we are going to... Um, in the next session, we're going to go talk about how these uh, boiler room professionals work and what they do and how they get your name and how much it's worth, uh, how much they have to pay for the information. And, again, you know, if you go fishing and you start, you know, that's F-I-S-H-I-N-G, the, the fraudsters go fishing, P-H-I-S-I-N-G, and when you really fish and you got a good fishing hole, you're going to go back to it over and over again. And that's what kind of happens here in, in the world of scams. Um, so with, with that, um, we're going to uh, take a break here shortly, and uh, we will go into more of the details on how much the, uh, the data is worth and how the professionals um, uh, make their money because once you know that you understand why you shouldn't be answering these phone calls as, as I go out and all my talks are with law enforcement and they advise the same thing if you don't know the number don't answer it if it's important they'll leave a message and then try to verify um, the number that they say that they called uh, a lot of times it can say you know it was XYZ that called, and you can call up, like, they'll say the sheriff's department called or the police department called from someplace because you can come up on your phone and show wherever, uh, whoever you want to be can be on your phone. There's software that does that. Um, so we're about ready to take the first break, and we'll be back uh, shortly. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys 
recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Back to the uh, Safe Senior Hour, and again, this is Joe Gavallis. And uh, we were talking in our last segment about uh, financial scams and particularly the uh, grandparent scam. Uh, We were going into some details about uh, a specific case where a gentleman uh, was... uh, uh, got a call about his um, grandson and sent 8500 He made a check out, went to the bank, got $8,500 in cash, and sent it uh, uh, FedEx uh, to an address in Texas. Uh, and then he started feeling kind of guilty that didn't sound right. And uh, he kind of realized that this was a scam, so he called FedEx and got them to stop the delivery and got his money back, and then he reported it to the authorities. Uh, this turned out to be a a, 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 a scam that di- wasn't completed, and the person saved that uh, saved eighty five hundred. But that's not that doesn't happen to many people out there. Once they're committed to do that, they make their payments. And why do they do that? They just they they know in their heart it's probably not true. But what if it is true? They want to get their grandson out of jail. Um, I, I, I talked to previously about a case that actually happened here um, uh, uh, in Georgia. It was a um, a woman in her eighties out in out in one of the northwestern states, uh, or this is the way she rec- recreates what happened. She got a call from a gentleman. Who said, uh, uh, Mrs. So and so? She said, Yes. Said, You're, and then the person on the phone said, Your grandson, and paused. And she said, uh, Jake? He said, Yeah, your grandson, Jake. So what did the woman just do? She just told the gentleman who was, who was fishing, P H I S I N G, that you now have a grandson, Jake. And he said, Yes, this is a drug enforcement agent, so and so. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and we have your son, Jay, your grandson Jake, in jail here. 
he was stopped in a car with uh, a load of narcotics. And he asked me, he's in jail, he asked me to call you, he can't talk right now, and that you would help him, that he didn't want his parents to know, and that he knew his grandmother would help him. And she said, well, I'll do anything to help Jake. And he said, well, here's what Jake's asking us to do. Uh, We're asking to ask you that Jake needs a bond to get out of jail. So if you could get $9,000 and uh, uh, send it to us and we can overnight it, I can get it into the court and we can get Jake out and he can be on his way home and then handle his his problems later. But at least he'll be out of jail. Because you don't want Jake in in a Georgia jail, do you? And she said, oh, no, oh, no. So he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the bank. I want you to get $9,000 in cash. I want you to put the cash in a magazine. I don't care what magazine it is. Put the magazine in a FedEx box and FedEx it to this address in Atlanta, Georgia, in care of S.A., he says like special agent, but he just says use the initials S.A., uh, David Jones, or whatever name he was using. And as soon as I get it, I'll get it tomorrow, and then we'll just get uh, Jake out. She said, okay. She goes to the bank, gets the money, stuffs it in a magazine, puts it in a FedEx to that address. He reminded her not to call Jake's mother or father. Well, two days later, uh, the woman gets another call from the drug enforcement, uh, allegedly drug enforcement agent the DEA agent. This is uh, Special Agent Smith, and I've got some bad news. Um, Your uh, grandson, Jake, is uh, uh, still in jail because we found more narcotics in the car. And just because as the value of the narcotics go up, so does the amount of money he needs to post bond. So if uh, Jake asked me to call you and not to talk to and not to and ask you not to tell his mother, uh, could you go please and, and get another nine thousand dollars and explain it to him all over her to all over again? She went down to the bank, got nine thousand dollars in cash, put it in a magazine, sent the magazine to uh, uh, put the magazine in a FedEx box and FedExed it to. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and care of S.A. David Smith, or whatever his name was. So now you see the woman's out $18,000. And as far as she knows, Jake should be getting out of jail. And about two days later, she gets another call. It's a special agent Smith, and I got real bad news for you. We talked to the judge, and apparently there was a hidden compartment in the car, and there are a lot more drugs than we thought. And it doesn't look good for Jake. He's going to have to be in jail unless you can come up with $15,000. She said, $15,000? I don't have any 15000 I just drained my bank account. Now, remember what, what, what they're playing on here. She's a trusting person, believes who she's talking to is really a DE agent. She's got a little bit of money because she's already sent 18000 and it deals with somebody she loves, her grandson. So now they're going for one of the big, for the for the, for the big, uh, the big scam, 
we need $15,000. She says, I don't have it. said, well, you must have 15000 She said, well, I have some CDs or money tied up, but it'll take me a couple hours to get it. He said, I will call you back in two hours. You go get the 15000 Remember, I want, we need cash in the magazine, in the FedEx box, and send it to me, or else, you know, your, your grandson will be in jail. He's not going to get out, and he'll be here for months waiting trial. She says, I'll do what I can. So she gets off. She said she was worried. She was very distressed. She just basically cleaned out one account, and now she's going to have to, I think it was a CD or something like that. So she's there worrying about it, and she's looking at uh, at some of her financial records, and with that, there's a knock on the door. And so who do you think is at the door? Okay. It's her grandson, Jake. And he, she says, what are you doing here? He says, well, I'm coming to see you, Grandma. And she says, well, you're supposed to be in, in Atlanta in jail. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been to Atlanta, and I've never been in Georgia. So with that, he called the, uh, uh, the, the grandson, talked to the sheriff or the police who got a hold of the police here in Atlanta. And so here we have somebody on the far northwestern part, northwestern part of the United States, being conned by a guy that's in Atlanta. The police get involved and determine that the money where the address where the money was sent was a uh, a, a legitimate address. It was a hotel in town where the perpetrator went and uh, rented a room, never stayed in the room but just used it to receive packages. Uh, investigation determined, I believe there were like three or four other states, and I want to say in the upper Midwest and the Northeast and then centrally in, in the central part of the United States, where money was sent. They arrested the courier, which is what he was, the gentleman. He obviously was not a, uh, was not a DEA agent, but was a, uh, um, uh, just a scammer. Uh, so in real life, you can see how the professionals play on this. And the professionals uh, normally are just working in a big room, and they're just, just making calls to all sorts of people looking to, uh, looking to have that one big con where somebody buys into it because they can miss out on, on nine and hit on one, and the money that comes in is, is uh, you know, tax-free and where uh, and so it's a it's a major scam so with that i'll go back into the money later as we close it at later later in the later session next we'll take a break and we'll hopefully we'll have uh lynn reeves um uh from the uh area uh aging area age agency on aging um coming on uh shortly you're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors 
for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, welcome back, uh, everybody. This, again, is Joe Gavallis with the Safe Senior Hour. And uh, we're very fortunate for this segment to have uh, Lynn Reeves, who's the director of the Area Agency on Aging of the Northwest Georgia Regional Commission. And... uh, she is. She and her and her assistant, uh, uh, Lindsay, have been very, very um, instrumental in helping to get the word out uh, and helping seniors fight uh, elder abuse, and uh, particularly getting uh, uh, stopping the financial fraud uh, against the elderly. And with that, I'd like to introduce Lynn. Are you you're you on board? I am. Thank you for having me, Joe. Well, that's good. Um, I, I, uh, if you could just go in and just say what your agency does and how long you've been there, uh, just let you know that she is also the president-elect of the Georgia Area Agency Agency on Aging. That covers the whole state of of directors here. Right. So we, our office is located in Rome, and we uh, serve 15 counties in northwest Georgia. Um, a lot of home and community-based services, but one of the programs is our home-delivered mail program. So, uh, and that is uh, falls within our duties within the regional commission. Um, we currently, and we also have senior centers in the area. We uh, fund meals at 19 senior centers, with um, two of those just being for home-delivered meal clients. We have. Um, I would say it, it changes a little bit, but a little over a thousand clients that are currently receiving the meals in our area. Um, I have been in this position. I've been at the regional commission for almost seven years. I I came in as the wellness coordinator. I'm a registered dietitian, 
so the meals definitely have a um they're part of my background and my history of just in my profession but i've been the director here for almost three years and that role's expanded quite a bit but we're still able to um, utilize the home delivered meal program to get a lot of valuable information out to seniors in our area um hot meals are delivered every day and so that is an opportunity for us to be inside those homes not just to provide that meal but to check on clients to just give you know let them see see who we are and and uh, spend a little time with them to make sure they're doing well but also to give them information that will help protect them and keep them safe yeah Lynn, let me ask you the uh what is the uh, cost to uh, – what are your typical uh, recipients of this? What what kind of uh, situation are they in, and what's the cost to them? Well, for them, we have funding from different, um, different streams of funding. It can be state, local, federal funding. But most of our meals are funded through the Older Americans Act, which is federal funding. <clears throat> so there is no cost for them to receive the meal. However, they are given an opportunity to give donations, which a lot of our clients do throughout the area. So again, it's no cost, but we do serve, um, they do need to be age 60 or over, um, and they they need to be homebound um, because they need to be those that are most in need. Um, we So we give priority to, to those that have the most social and economic need they show their high nutrition risk we do a couple of screening tools when they call into our agency one is to see if they, they are food insecure or if they have some nutritional risk and if they score high on some uh, those tools then they may be placed at um, higher on the waiting list uh, we also do a couple of other uh, impairment tests to see if they need help, you know, help in their home, bathing, transferring, eating, uh, things like that. But we just want to make sure we are serving the right people with our resources. Right, and and if um, I missed it, I'm sorry. What was the, the amount that you estimate? How many people you're serving now? Um, I would say just on the home delivered meals, it's probably a little over a thousand. Um, and, and there's at least that many in senior centers eating also. Right. And and these thousand, uh, the meals are delivered basically by volunteers or there you have paid staff that delivers or how does that work? Yeah, it depends on the area they're located in. Some, some areas are fortunate to have hired staff and some areas are fortunate to have a strong volunteer base. We have churches. Um, who assist um, that's just one small group I, I think of some civic groups offer to help volunteer to deliver meals so it really depends on the area uh, that they that they live in within our region and we also if a person uh, some people don't prefer a hot meal because maybe they sleep a little bit later in the day and would prefer something frozen or you know something a little bit different or they live far out from the center 
uh, we may provide them with frozen meals. So there are some options. We also give them shelf-stable meals uh, because where we live, we anticipate you know inclement weather from time to time. So we want to make sure they have something in their home if if they are not able if we're not able to deliver their meal to them. Yeah, I think people from around the around the uh, country and around the world look at Georgia, and Georgia just is a is even though it's the biggest state east of the Mississippi, um, uh, compared to Texas or Alaska, it's 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 certainly not that big. But there's many places in Georgia that is very rural, very farm um, farming is a is a is a big uh, occupation. And uh, and as you go into North Georgia, you're up in what we call here the mountains. Which I'm yeah. sure out west in California, you would in the northwest in Colorado, you'd say they're just big hills with trees. But our mountains are are uh, our people live up there, and they're hard to get to. Some of these homes are back up off the main roads, and and what they do is just an, an incredible service. Uh, and based on that, and their funding. For not only for the delivery meals, but for the meals at the senior centers, I know it enabled. Um, we go with Lynn, Lynn and uh, her, her assistant Lindsay Wilson. We go out to um, almost every senior center in their district and give a talk about elder abuse and financial abuse. And those are usually on days when you know with meals when they're there. And people are very appreciative of the meals and appreciative of the opportunity to hear about what these uh, financial scams are or what any scams are or, or the alerts. Um, when I say that, on the um, how many meals at a time do they get if you get it frozen? <clears throat> if, it, it, that's one of those. It can depend also. If they get a hot meal, it's that day. If they get a frozen meal, it may be five days. Uh, you know, they may make one trip out to deliver those meals. It just depends on what their situation is. We'll go in to make sure that they can handle five meals, that they know how to heat them up, and that they've got the space for them. So, again, it just depends, but um, we have the, the staff in those counties go out and do, once they receive a referral from us, people call in to our center here in Rome to get screened for these services. But when we're ready to put them into service, the uh, the staff that work in the counties go in and do the home visit. They assess their situation. And just like I'm talking about, with, uh, they'll talk to them about their family, um, their medical needs. But they get a better feel going into the home. They just get a more accurate assessment of what's going on with the individual. Well, I, I think it's um, – it, it does lead it's a great service and and every place we go um and give our talks people are very appreciative of it um but we have seen um as as i tell everybody all the listeners uh elder abuse does not report itself and so the uh these situations that some of these people that live in and and by themselves don't get out um, it's great to have outside contact, and a lot of times <clears throat> these home delivery people are, are one of the few outside contacts they have. And it's and it's we're trying to develop that relationship with them because 
A lot of times seniors, and I think you'd agree, Lynn, are too proud to call that they need help. Mm-hmm. I, I would. Uh, and you, that you, you bring up a great point. I know you, uh, you when you came to one of our centers, maybe two centers at least, um, we met with our transportation providers to talk to them about what to be looking for when they're taking a client home at the end of the day or um, bringing them into the center because we thought that was a um, like an unmet group that had not received training on how to identify abuse. So I thought that was a, a great thing we a service in our area to work with transportation. Well, it was, and it's led to, to helping a ver- several individuals where we got a call when I say we, I'm talking about law enforcement mm-hmm. um, and adult protective services. Uh, mm-hmm. Based on on um, this uh, availability that that uh, that Lynn and Lindsay uh, give to us to come out and speak to the seniors, we received a phone call from a, uh, a individual uh, that that was concerned about a, a senior in one of the small towns. And again, I think if you look at the region that, that Lynn, Lynn's uh, agency represents, it goes from the from the kind of the, the western northwestern part of Metro Atlanta, which, as you know, is a to the to the listeners, a big city, but it goes all the way up into the mountains into some very rural small counties, and these counties uh, appreciate the the uh, obviously the. The, the meeting and, and the and the support that the area agency on aging gives and um, it's they look forward to this when we get back if Lynn can stay on for uh, for a couple more minutes I just want to go into uh, one of the situations that you all helped us um, um, address so with that we're going to take a break and we will be back uh, in uh, about two minutes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free. At realorganhomes.com. That's realorganhomes.com. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on for the last segment. This is Joe Gavellis with the Safe Senior Hour, and we're lucky to have uh, Lynn Rees, the director of the Area Agency on Aging. They're known as the Triple A's here. That's right. And um, and um, uh, we're going to just. We're talking about the access that uh, that home delivered meals and uh, transportation, senior transportation, um, uh, is provided by this agency and by the local county uh, senior services to uh, to uh, to seniors to help them get around in, in the area and help them getting meals that otherwise maybe they wouldn't get. And just to summarize, I think that you said you do about a thousand, roughly meals to home delivered, and then maybe another thousand to the senior centers, where yes. the seniors come in. Yes. Well, we were talking about, and, and I just wanted to, to, to brag on uh, on uh, um, what what they do, and and her with Lynn and her associate Lindsay Wilson about really caring about people and you go out there and you and you meet with seniors and you and you see the interaction between these these professionals and the seniors it's a it's a it gives you a good feeling cuz people really appreciate it um, it takes a special uh, type of person to to do day in and day out is is to go out and devote your uh, your time to to this cuz not everything is is uh, rosy and not everything goes smoothly, but uh, the, the goal is, 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 is well worthwhile. And I said we were going to talk about it, and I don't know if Lynn remembers, it was a, a, um, um, a transportation um, group that we spoke to that uh, uh, Lynn mentioned in the last sec- segment that um, we encouraged them to... Uh, to help address issues of the seniors. And again, I say this over and over again. If you see something, say something. You've heard that. And that elder abuse doesn't report itself. And all we're trying to do is help the seniors. A lot of them are are maybe too proud to call in or to ask for help. And I brought up a case. We got a call from a transportation official. And I, when I say transportation official, there's these little buses that drive around a lot of these small communities and counties that just uh, um, uh, that help seniors. Is that the way it goes, Lynn? I'm not sure. On you're more familiar than I am. On these buses that they have, are they are they can the seniors call up and like pick get them picked up, or what are the buses for? Yeah. Um, we receive funding for transportation, uh, through coordinated transportation in all of our hmm. counties. So um, they will contact us here at the office or they'll contact their local senior centers, and then we, we ensure that the, tra- the trips are provided. And uh, oh, the number one priority for that funding is trips to and from the senior center. Okay. We also have 
you know, we do some trips to medical appointments or to buy groceries, some other things, but the primary focus is trips to and from the senior center with that that source of transportation. And, and correct me if we're wrong, they're all coordinated through the senior center? Is that how it goes? Um, it's not. It, it varies. It varies. Okay. But but it's a service that seniors a lot of times aren't aware of, and 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 you know as our population gets older, there are more you know um, it starts to age. There's more seniors, so they need to be made aware of it. So as I talk to people all over the country and in uh, all other in other countries, check with your with your local authorities, and I'm sure some some places. Uh, have as equal coverage, uh, might have better coverage for seniors, and other places not as good. So uh, just check on it. But so far we've heard today about the uh, the um, home-delivered meals, the fresh meals at the senior centers. Now there's a transportation component. Um, and uh, I, let me just finish the story here that we we're talking about. So the, the uh, transportation coordinator called and said, um, our bus drivers see this woman who used to used to live in a nursing home because they used to pick her up and deliver to medical appointments, but now she's just roaming the streets of this small town, and we've picked her up and given a ride to the bank, and on two or three occasions she came back and said she, that she doesn't have any money, that her money's all gone, and she's just roaming the streets. So... We talked to the local sheriff. They didn't know where the woman lived. They didn't know anything. They were trying to help her. And these are the stories that I hear about that you don't read in the front page of the paper. They're not on the radio. Nobody goes to jail, but it just shows you what your professional law enforcement uh, uh, people, what they do, the extra work they do. And, and I know people say, well, you're a retired federal agent, and you're kind of biased to law enforcement. And my answer is no, I'm a citizen, and I'm proud of all the work that the professionals do, both in law enforcement and in, in the regulatory and, and social uh, uh, world, helping people who need help. So I called the sheriff and told him of the, uh, of the issue. They immediately went out and uh, drove around the city and found this woman. It's not a city, a town, and found this woman uh, just walking the streets. And turned out she was living, she had left a nursing home on her own free will and moved moved into like a, uh, a small, to we say, uh, uh, better term, small apartment, shack, behind a garage, behind a house. And she had no money. She said her money was gone and had no food. And the two sheriff's deputies took her immediately, got her a meal. And then went to a to a grocery store, and got uh, I forget close to a hundred dollars worth of food for her, stocked it so she'd have something, um, and she could be, and then helped with uh, adult protective services find a relative who had kind of uh, lost track of this woman, and so she got some help. She's back on track in the senior programs. She had some food. And now she has a relative looking after her. Here was somebody just roaming the streets. So thanks to, to you, Lynn, and, and, and Lindsay, and putting us together, we were able to help at least one person. And, and those are the stories. I mean, I could go through other stories all over the state that it happens, but that, I, I can't thank you all enough. So, so I do appreciate that. Um, thank you. Let me ask you on, on the um, 
you have another program that it might be of interest to people, and I'm not sure if it's unique to Georgia. Could you go into your program about people who are in nursing homes or assistant living where you try to get them back into their homes? Could you could you touch on that real quick? we got probably another five minutes or so. I can, and Lindsay may have to uh, help me with this. This is her specialty for sure. Uh, I'll just tell you, if they're in a nursing home, we send out an options counselor to um, – tell them what all if they want to return back to their home or in the community we have a our options counselor that goes in to help talk to what their options may be um, to go back home and we have a community transitions program it's called money follows the person that that name will most likely go away in the next few months and will just be referred to as uh, community transition and then we have a state funded program called nursing home transition and it does um, the community transitions they have to be in the nursing facility at least 60 consecutive days and receive one day of nursing home medicaid and then we work towards other resources in the area to move them back into their home with the nursing home transitions they must be in a nursing home or short-term rehab for at least 20 days, be 55 or older, um, be a U.S. citizen or have legal status, and their income must be below 6175 per month, which is, um, that, that's just some quick criteria, but we've been very successful in our area. Trans, um, the level of care a nursing home provides is important to a lot of people, but there are some people that can be successful in the community, and that's what we want. If they want to return, we want to help them do that. We want them to be successful, and that's why it's important to put all those resources in place. So we've been very successful with both of those programs in our area. Um, just, I just can't say it enough it's just sometimes it just takes a little bit of support to get someone back to living at home and being with their family and um having a you know a quality of life that they desire so i what i gather from you that this is a i mean obviously you implement that in the northwest georgia area but it's also a statewide um program is that your understanding that is correct yes and are you aware does it go into other ones too uh, the money follows the person does because it's a federal program, um, but the nursing home transitions program is um, specific to Georgia, and that was that was uh, Governor Nathan's bill. He he was the one that allocated that for our budget here. So I can't speak to that in other states. Well, the, the, the people should should definitely look at the, at their other mm-hmm. states and and in the other countries. I think it's a great program to try to get them out of uh, to get people from transitioning from nursing homes. Is it just nursing homes, or is it other things like per, assistant living, or what else is it? It can be. Uh, Lindsay might can help me on that. It can be a nursing facility. It doesn't just have to be a nursing home. It can be a short term rehab. Um, is there anything uh, that that's basically the the one? Yeah, Lindsay, what is it? Where is it? Where do they mostly come from? Where do they mostly come from? Nurse, uh, nursing homes, I would say. nursing facilities. I, I do appreciate that. Well, we're going to let you go. We're about to wrap up here, 
And um, I can't thank you enough. Again, that was uh, Lynn Reeves and Lindsey Wilson from both from the Area Agency on Aging and Northwest Georgia Regional Commission. And and my personal thanks to them. They do a great job and go well over a board than what, what their normal uh, work would probably require. They're really two true professionals and we're fortunate to have them working in Georgia. So with that, I'll let you, I'll let you, you all go and I'll finish up and Thank, Thank you very you, much for coming on. I hope to have you again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So as we're, as we're wrapping it up, we'll see you um, uh, next week. We'll cover it in more detail um, about the, the cost of, uh, of what people are paying for. I know I said I'd go into it. We just ran out of time. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have some people from uh, some other guests that will come in, and, and I think this is very enlightening. And again, remember, um, abuse doesn't report itself. And if you have any questions or any comments, please um, send them, uh, email them to safe, S-A-F-E, at americasradio.com. And with that, we will uh, uh, you all be safe during the week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.